Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Benton. And I got a lot of messages from you guys after we did Thursday's episode on endocrine disruptors and obesogens. And people really love those science-based episodes. And it just so happens that we are doing one again. Those of you who really enjoy the more mindset-based episodes, hang tight. I've got a good one coming for you on Thursday. But today I wanted to go in the direction of emails I've been getting every single day. So many of you know, I would say hopefully most of you know at this point that I am pregnant. And there's been one question that I have gotten at least once a day since I made that announcement. And it's in response to the fact that I shared when I told you guys that I was pregnant, I shared that I feel 100% certain that a big part of how and why I was able to get pregnant naturally without intervention and quickly, the first month we were really serious about trying, is because I had focused on my gut health so seriously for the four months or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, prior to... Um, trying. So today I want to talk about what in the world gut health has to do with hormones. And in my case, what gut health has to do with fertility, but I don't want folks to be like, oh, well, fertility isn't a concern for me, or I'm not trying to get pregnant, or I don't have any issues, because the reality is what we're talking about is how our microbiome throughout our body, not just in our gut, impacts our hormones. This becomes a major factor no matter who you are, male or female, because we are talking about testosterone, we are talking about estrogen, we are talking about thyroid hormones, we are talking about progesterone, and those things are not just about fertility, they are also about menopausal symptoms. They are about body composition, right? Our hormones have a huge impact on our body composition. This is why so many people will say, in and around menopause, I'm eating the way I was always eating, but I just can't seem to lose weight. I just can't seem to get rid of this extra 10 pounds I put on or whatever that is. Hormones. This impacts men. This impacts women. This role of gut health in hormones certainly impacts fertility on both sides, male and female, but also thyroid health, metabolism, immunity. So to give everybody just the super brief backstory of why this is so significant for me, I guess. When I was 16, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and I was put on birth control. 
And I stayed on that birth control for about 15 years. And I will never forget going to that appointment with my mom. And despite the fact that I was 16 years old, the doctor was very clear to both of us that PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, could really uh, interfere with my ability to start a family. I was 16. I'm like, okay, let's just uh, let's just put me on the pill so that my my menstrual cramps are not so insane. Fast forward several years in my late 20s, my former husband and I decided to start talking with doctors about starting a family. He had a higher sense of urgency about it than I did. And after one appointment with my OBGYN, we were referred to a fertility specialist and told that we would need to take that path to conceive, that we would have to go through fertility interventions to conceive. Now, I we probably went through maybe four or five appointments uh, with that specialist, maybe a little bit more than that. But I wasn't emotionally ready. I wasn't physically ready. I was obese um, and just just not there yet. So we pumped the brakes on that whole process. About two years ago, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition. So all of these things in the hormonal realm, all of them not directly coming from a conversation about fertility, but rather a a conversation about health. And when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, they reiterated again, you know, this is a a factor in infertility and uh, keep that in mind because you'll probably have to take some alternative routes to start a family. A year and a half ago, when I decided to freeze my eggs because I wasn't quite sure when kids would happen, if kids would happen, if I would be able to conceived naturally. I just thought it was a good insurance policy post-divorce to uh, put those eggs on ice. I worked with Boston IVF, which is one of the premier fertility clinics in the world to, to go through that process of freezing my eggs and had the same conversation with them that based on my hormonal situation and then at that point also my age, that I probably would not be able to conceive naturally. At every stage, starting at 16 up until just very recently, all of my doctors told me that I would not likely get pregnant naturally. When I started to really focus on my gut health back in January-ish, February, it was not with fertility in mind. It really wasn't. It was with my Hashimoto's in mind. When I talked to you guys about this last, I shared that that particular season of life was a little bit bonkers. Not nearly as bonkers as now, but it felt really bonkers at the time between selling the tiny house, moving out of it, buying this orchard property, super old home, moving in with the boyfriend, launching the book, running the business, all of those different things. And my Hashimoto's kind of slapped me in the face and said, "Um, hey, you've got to do a little bit more in the realm of stress management. You've got to do a little bit more for yourself and not just for everything happening in your life. That's what got me to really pour into gut health and what I could do to get that right. Not because I had any digestive challenges. Other than not having regular bowel movements, I I would not have told myself that I was somebody with, with any kind of gut health issue. But I figured... 
okay, there is a link between the microbiome and hormones, and maybe that is the thing I had yet to try to create some, some hormonal balance in my body. And after doing that for a handful of months, I got pregnant right out of the gate naturally. And I know that it has a huge role in it. And I also feel pretty strongly that um, it is helping me through this pregnancy because one of the challenges with Hashimoto's is that because your hormones are shifting so dramatically as they should during pregnancy and postpartum, that you can get some real serious um, issues with Hashimoto's or real serious complications with Hashimoto's during and, and after pregnancy. And I think that part of why my Hashimoto seems to be like good for now, under control for now, was because I've continued those protocols. So all of that backstory to say, the conversation I want to have today is just how the microbiome influences our hormones. We all have a pretty good understanding of how it impacts digestion and bloating and constipation because these microbes play a, a big role in breaking down our food, but it is so much more than that. And because all of you guys, not all of you guys, but at least one person uh, per, per week lately, it seems way more than that, it's got to be closer to one person a day, has been saying, what do you mean that focusing on your gut health had such an impact on your hormones? What is the link between gut health and hormones? And at the highest level, part of the role of these microbes is not just to help digest our food, but these microbes also help digest our hormones. They help to metabolize and clear, remove from our system, flush out hormones. Whenever our body produces and releases hormones into circulation, our bodies are very efficient at using as much of them as possible. And then when it's run its course and the hormone is basically inactive, it's done its job, it returns to the liver where it is supposed to be flushed out of the body. What happens when we have dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance is that this process gets disrupted and can be disrupted to varying degrees. There can be a minor disruption. There can be a very serious disruption because we don't have the microbes or enough of the microbes to metabolize these hormones so they can be excreted from the system. And then we get a hormonal dominance situation. And the one we hear about most often is estrogen dominance. And we'll talk about that more, but it's not just about estrogen. This could be an issue with insulin. This could be an issue with thyroid hormones. This can be an issue with any of our hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, you name it. So that is the big picture, that these microbes, part of their role is to metabolize our hormones so that they can be flushed from our system, so that we do not develop uh, any kind of hormonal overload, hormonal dominance. And when we have an imbalance of bacteria, when we are lacking the bacteria that play such a role in this, when we have more bad bacteria than good bacteria, we cannot clear these hormones from our system um, efficiently. What's really interesting to me is that none of my doctors 
from when I was diagnosed with PCOS at 16 and they talked about estrogen dominance to when I was sitting in the fertility clinic in my late 20s and they were talking about my estrogen dominance again to being in the endocrinologist office talking about Hashimoto's or freezing my eggs at Boston IVF and talking about estrogen balance, nobody had a conversation with me, not once, about how gut health was such an important factor here in supporting our body's ability to flush out toxins or to flush out hormones so that they don't become an overload situation. But I do think we're going to start hearing about that more and more. And just in preparing for this episode, um, I actually saw a lot of information about how the microbiome is being used to diagnose and treat hormonal conditions like endometriosis, which have a lot to do with estrogen overload. So that is changing, uh, but it's not something that was ever presented to me. A huge factor here in how gut health impacts our hormones is related to inflammation. Now, inflammation is not just about the microbiome, right? But it is significantly about the microbiome. Inflammation could be a factor because of injury, because of a food sensitivity, because of um, healing in some way. But it also can be a major factor due to dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance, especially having more of these bad bacteria than good bacteria. And inflammation is a huge factor in infertility, male and female. Beyond that, right, if we have um, inflamed fallopian tubes, if we have inflammation in the uterus, if we have inflammation in the ovaries, all of those things are going to impair our ability not only to conceive, but also to have normal cycles outside of an attempt at pregnancy. And they also, inflammation also has a large role in sperm health and sperm quality and all of those different things. There are a number of probiotic strains that are associated uh, with healthy fertility, and these are ones that are linked to inflammation. And in past episodes, I've talked about specific strains of bacteria that are associated with inflammation. And we tend to think about inflammation in terms of pain, in terms of joint pain or discomfort or headaches or degenerative diseases, neurodegenerative diseases, autoimmune diseases, all of those have a role in inflammation, but so does infertility, right? So a factor in this, in addition to being able to clear out those hormones and metabolize them efficiently, is addressing inflammation in the body that might be a big part of the problem. And this is where it comes back to endometriosis, right? So again, not just fertility. There are lots of people out there, independent of whatever their fertility goals are, who are struggling with endometriosis which has a, a huge uh, impact on inflammation and anti-inflammation. And endometriosis is absolutely exacerbated by inflammation. And I got an email just yesterday. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right now and uh, read it to you guys. Bear with me one second. I think it's worth it. It just came in last night. Let's see here stars. There it is. Okay. So, um, 
the subject line is amazingness. And it says, I just had to share after hearing your team call about Relief Plus. So Relief Plus is one of the one of the products that that I had been and still am taking. Um, And she says, I decided to try using it instead of my prescription and OTC meds for my cycle pain, menstrual cycle, like cramping and things. I am so amazed to say it's the first cycle of my adult life that I haven't taken something synthetic for pain. There have been a few moments of, oh gosh, it's getting bad, but that was when it was past the six-hour window from when I had taken relief. Knowing that its use just builds and builds its effect in the body makes me so much more hopeful for the future. And she says, because we're totally on the same wavelength here, she says, I did some research on the microbiome and endometriosis. I knew it was an inflammatory disease, but I didn't connect it with my gut and its influence on my hormones. One study even talked about staging endometriosis with the bacteria found in samples taken from various swabs on patients. Light bulb moment. I'm even more excited to see how this is going to impact my life. So when I was uh, preparing for this episode, this is where I saw that some doctors, not not necessarily naturopaths, like physicians, are using the microbiome to both diagnose and also to treat endometriosis. And I believe strongly that we're going to see this more and more with hormonal conditions of all kinds. There are specific bacteria that are associated with endometriosis, as well as specific bacteria that are associated with inflammation. And when we focus on repopulating with the good bacteria, on minimizing those bad bacteria that are associated with endometriosis and really focusing on the anti-inflammatory effect of certain, of certain um, populations of bacteria, we reduce inflammation, we reduce the pain. And when we do those things, it absolutely has an impact on fertility without a doubt. Um, I, I also want to mention this just briefly earlier, but one of the main factors in male infertility is pro-inflammatory cytokines or these, these bodies within us that uh, trigger inflammation and put inflammation on overdrive. And this is bacterially mediated, meaning that we can really bring down the level of inflammation with probiotics, which is amazing, right? And again, that's not just for males who are concerned about fertility. It's for males who are concerned about optimal health. The other thing about inflammation is that that has a role in leaky gut. If you have too much inflammation, you are absolutely at risk for more serious GI issues, gut issues. Cholesterol is a major factor in inflammation. And, and I had a conversation with somebody, I think this came up recently on a Q&A actually, when somebody was talking about um, their cholesterol levels being up. And I was explaining that cholesterol is produced and deployed in response to inflammation in response to illness or injury, some kind of harm or damage in the body, and then the body responds by inflaming itself to protect itself, and cholesterol gets deployed to that scene to help repair. So when we reduce inflammation, we reduce cholesterol. 
The same thing is true with any kind of neurodegenerative disease. Absolutely, there is an initiation by inflammation. There is a worsening effect that comes from inflammation. And when we can reduce inflammation, we can reduce the progression or even often the origination of those kinds of challenges. I want to talk about estrogen for a minute because one of the major factors with gut health, with probiotics, the microbiome in general, is on limiting and minimizing estrogen dominance. And I believe this was a big factor for me and for my health and my fertility, not just now, but certainly moving forward into the future as well. And while it impacted me in terms of my initial PCOS diagnosis, um, I think it's impacted my weight in a lot of ways. Estrogen dominance has a number of manifestations. So if you are somebody who experiences low libido, not a lot of sex drive, or irregular periods, if you have cystic breasts, this is a big issue um, in my mom's generation and my family, lots of uh, cystic breast, uh, uh, MR, not MRIs, mammograms coming back. You get called back and there's that concern and it's just they have fibrocystic breasts. That can be a sign of estrogen dominance. Bloating can be related to estrogen dominance as well as headaches Mood swings, of course, right? If you have an overload of estrogen in your system, it's absolutely going to affect your mood. Fatigue, depression, and anxiety have a estrogen dominant factor in a lot of people. Weight gain, brain fog, trouble sleeping, PMS, nodules on your thyroid, fibroids and endometriosis, PCOS, and a number of cancers. Breast cancer, uterine cancer, prostate cancer can be tied back to estrogen dominance. And what we know about the microbiome is that it helps us avoid estrogen dominance and it helps us repair estrogen dominance. Because there are a number of probiotics that their role is to metabolize and recycle hormones, not just estrogen, also our thyroid hormones and phytoestrogens, but probiotics are necessary for keeping these hormones in balance. There is a specific group of microbes that focus specifically on metabolizing estrogen. And they, there's, a, there's one hormone that regulates this whole process, um, estrobilome. And there are gut bacteria that are working with this hormone to regulate estrogen. And when you have dysbiosis, when you have bacterial imbalance, this process is impaired. And you are not able to deconjugate these different forms of estrogen so that you can clear them. And when you are not able to do that, they just accumulate in your system and that is where we see estrogen dominance. In, in males, I mentioned prostate cancer can be associated with estrogen dominance because that's important for everybody to know if you don't know that already. Males do have estrogen and progesterone and females do have testosterone. So when we talk about these things, we are absolutely talking about both genders. But in addition to prostate cancer being a higher risk when folks have any kind of estrogen dominance, we also see sexual dysfunction, infertility on the male side, 
and gynecomastia or the development of, of breast tissue in, in males. These are associated with estrogen dominance. And, you know, I was thinking back, I was probably in my mid-20s at the time. I did one of those genetic tests, not because I was like really trying to be proactive about my health. Um, We were developing one for the company that I worked for at the time, the supplement company. And part of my job was to go through the competitor's tests and, and look at their reports so that we could develop a report that was better, that was more user friendly. And so I took a bunch of these tests uh, and one of the things that came back in all of them was impaired phase two detoxification. And at the time, I didn't really know too much about what that meant. I certainly didn't know how that was a factor in my health challenges, my weight challenges, my hormonal challenges, but now it's kind of all coming back together. I had an impaired ability to detoxify not only toxins that come in from air and from water, but also the accumulation of hormones, which becomes really toxic. No doubt that a a hormonal dominant situation can be toxic for the body. Inflammation can be toxic for the body. And my detox pathways were impaired. Nobody was talking to me about probiotics. I know in our report about action steps that we created or any of the competitor products that I took, at the time, and this was, I, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, at the time, nobody was talking about probiotics in those action plans. And I know for sure that people really are now because our, our understanding of the role of the microbiome is expanding so much and it is no longer about constipation. Sure, it can be, but it is no longer just about constipation or just about bloating or just about avoiding any kind of leaky gut situation, specific digestive challenges. It is about your overall health. So when we talk about the role of the microbiome in hormonal health, for me, yeah, that does become about fertility, but it's also about thyroid health. It's also about moving forward into the future and avoiding reproductive cancers. But even for for folks who don't maybe have those, those concerns or those thoughts on their mind, weight, mood, fatigue, insomnia, anxiety, depression, these things are tied to our hormones. And our hormones are tied to our microbiome. And if you look, you go to any grocery store right now and you look at the number of magazines at the checkout aisle, you're going to see something about gut health. You're going to see something about the microbiome. Because as we understand it better, we can do something about it. It's different than like, oh, every celebrity is talking about their keto diet. That's different. This is an emerging field of science that every day we begin to understand better and every day we have an opportunity to do something about it. And I've talked a lot about what I did about it in terms of probiotics and and lifestyle factors too. Stress, sleep, minimizing processed foods, all of those things 
But for me, I had to turn to something more because I had a challenge, because it was not just preventative for me. At that point in my life, I had diagnosed hormonal challenges. I had experienced issues with my health that would benefit from getting serious about my gut health. And I've, I've talked a lot about those details in past episodes, so I won't go into too much of it here, but I do know a lot of you are probably going to want to learn more. So what I will do is put a bunch more resources to where I've been talking about this um, and to my own experience and what I'm continuing to do for my gut health, but also kind of sidebar because this is where my head is at lately, for my baby, right? Our, when we are pregnant, our baby's guts are sterile until birth. But at that point, their microbiome is populated by our microbiome, by mom's microbiome. So I know that I have a huge opportunity to start my baby off on the right foot by getting my microbiome as healthy and thriving as possible prior to giving birth to this baby. And I take that really, really seriously. So over on the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 635, I will put a bunch more resources uh, related to gut health, where I've been talking about it, where I've been sharing a little bit more about what I did specifically. But my primary purpose today was to help you see that this is more than gut health, that when we talk about the microbiome, it is so much more than gut health. And if you are struggling with something, whether it is endometriosis or PCOS or any kind of thyroid condition or autoimmune condition, or you're just exhausted, depressed, anxious, having trouble sleeping, really consider investing some time and energy into improving your microbiome, investing some behavior change into improving your microbiome because it absolutely plays a huge role here. And the more I understand it better, the more I want to share that with you because I think my health and my journey could have been quite different if somebody started having these conversations with me 10 years ago. Or heck, when I was 16 and diagnosed with PCOS. I do believe that is changing, but part of the reason it's going to change is because we're having these conversations. So head to the show notes if you want to know more, primalpotential.com forward slash 635. I've done a few podcast episodes related to this very recently. I've also done a handful of webinars uh, with my dear friend, Brooke, who I consider to be much more of an expert in these topics than I am. And I will put all of those resources for those of you who are curious about this, who want to learn more in the show notes, but you can also email me, right? If you've got questions about this, um, I don't usually encourage emailing me just because um, that can get uh, a little bit a little bit crazy. But in this case, because I think this is um, so important and so significant and so multifactorial, first head to the show notes, check out the resources there. If you've gone through all the resources there and you have additional questions or you want to learn more, shoot me an email and uh, we'll chat about it. So you can find those resources at primalpotential.com forward slash 635. Thanks for hanging with me for another science-based episode. I know a lot of you guys love those. I know a lot of you don't, but we will be back to uh, something a little bit lighter and easier on Thursday. Make today amazing. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast. 
podcast where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.